from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host as always, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show today, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for all the passengers, all the supporters, everybody who rides with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I salute you. Without you, there is no us. I'm talking about my fans from Mexico, Canada, the Brazil, the United States, Ireland, Germany, the UK, Cambodia, Philippines, Australia, we are global, baby. Thank you so much for everybody who rides with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you so much. We appreciate y'all. We have a super stacked show for you today. As a special thank you to our fans, today will be commercial free. None of those commercials we're going to ride with the DeLorean straight through. We're going to be bringing to you the fight for Monday night. We are back with the fight for Monday night. I promised everybody I was bringing back the old school reviews. That starts today. We're also going to be talking about all the action that went down this weekend from SmackDown to AEW Rampage to GCW. We're talking about everything. Let's get into this Super Stack show because we got a lot to talk about. So let's get into it right now. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for bringing me into your morning routine, even though it is 12 o'clock in the afternoon. You know what I mean? I wanted to have the podcast out earlier. If I sound a little off, that's because I uh, had an endoscopy earlier today. You know what I mean? A lot of crazy shit been going on in my life, but we're going to get right. We're going to get good. And no matter what, whether I have endoscopy or I have open heart surgery, you know I'm going to come here. I'm going to do the fucking podcast. So thank you, everybody who rides with us. As a special thank you to everybody, like I said, not only are we bringing back the fight for Monday night, the classic reviews, but we also will be doing a commercial free show today. Ain't going to be no breaks in between. We're going straight through. Thank you to all our fans from all over the world. Like I said in the intro, without you, there is no us. So I'm going to show you how much I love you guys. We're going to be doing a lot of classic reviews. We're going to be bringing it back every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The Wrestling DeLorean Podcast is brought to you live here on... 
Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Podbay, on every fucking podcast place you would listen to podcasts. If you listen to podcasts, I'm probably there. So thank you very much for everybody, no matter where you're listening from. I salute you guys. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Instagram. Wait, no, I said Instagram. See, I'm already fucked up because of the endoscopy. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. You don't want to miss out on all the cool shit on YouTube. So, a couple things I want to talk about today. We're going to be talking about the ending of SmackDown, including the the qualifier matches or the first round matches for the King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown or whatever they're calling the Queen of the Ring tournament. Also, the ending where we got a Hell in a Cell match announced, presumably for Crown Jewel. And we're going to be talking about AEW Rampage. After AEW Rampage, we'll be talking about my thoughts from GCW this past weekend. We like to talk about the independents and show the independents some love. Especially rocking with Nick Gage, my homie, my fucking compadre, MDK all motherfucking day. Also, we're going to be bringing you back in time in the ending of the show. We're going to be going back in time and talk about Raw and Nitro. This is a big episode. This is the debut of Scott Hall, which is the first seed planted in the nwo storyline so we don't want to miss that so let's get right into it smackdown live really good episode in my opinion but not the best booked episode for one the king of the ring tournament brackets i feel is all fucked up it looks like we're going to be getting kofi kingston versus xavier woods in the semi-final round if you want to go with a kofi kingston versus xavier woods match if you want to have the new day fight each other Why is that not the tournament finals? Why is that not... Why wouldn't you have Kofi and Xavier on opposite sides of the bracket so when they do face off, it is meaningful, it is for the finals. This is reminiscent of Stone Cold walking out because they want it in a qualifier match for the King of the Ring, Stone Cold versus Brock Lesnar. Like, come on, bro. We should have Kofi versus Xavier in the finals for the King of the Ring. Also, I did not like the fact that Liv Morgan lost to Carmella in the first round. Liv Morgan, in my opinion, should have won that tournament. There's this way too much stop and start pushing with Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan is vastly improving throughout the years. She is definitely showing that she could be a real contender in the women's division in the WWE. And she can't show that unless she's given a chance. And is she given a chance? Hell no. She's not given a chance ever. The opportunities she gets are quickly pulled from under her, and it's not from a lack of trying. She is highly dedicated to her craft. She's extremely in love with her position in the WWE, and she wants more. She wants better, and she's out there putting in the work. So why not toss the girl a bone and see what she could do with it? Because right now, the WWE's women division is really stale. You have the same women on top that we had in the last couple years. Think about it. For the last five years, six years, we've had Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha on top. And you had a revolving door of women that go against them. You have a revolving door of women that may win the title, but it's quickly dropped to Charlotte, Becky, or Sasha. So why not give a girl like Liv Morgan a chance? That's what I don't get. One thing I really did like, though, at the end of this episode of SmackDown was the interaction between Edge and Seth Rollins. 
Seth Rollins was talking shit about Edge. Edge comes out. He's ready to kill Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is running. They get into a brawl. Edge puts him in a, a cross face. Seth Rollins comes out with a elbow to the neck. And Edge gets on the mic and all he says is literally six words. You, me, hell in a cell. And that is something that I popped heavy for. Because something that I've been saying for years is I am sick and tired of these themed pay-per-views like Hell in a Cell. Because back in the day, Hell in a Cell used to mean something when it was a feud ender. Now you see some feuds beginning with the Hell in a Cell. Now you see some feuds in the middle of the feud having a Hell in a Cell match. Back in the day, Hell in a Cell was a feud ender. And I think it is so cool that we're going to get the feud ending of Seth Rollins and Edge, Hell in a Cell. That's really cool. Really throwback there. And it was presented in a way like they used to present it back in the day. I remember Triple H and Batista's Hell in a Cell. Triple H just came out and he said literally the same thing. He was like, Batista, you, uh, me, uh, Hell in a Cell. So I, I like that. I like that throwback feel that that had when Edge challenged Seth Rollins to the Hell in a Cell matchup. Pretty good episode of SmackDown. Like I said, some booking decisions that I would change, but the action's always good in SmackDown. The action's always right. I really enjoyed it. It was a quick two hours to sit through. This upcoming week, we have a SmackDown that's going to be a longer episode of SmackDown. Two and a half hours. They're going to go to 10.30 instead of ending at 10 o'clock, which will overlap AEW Rampage starting at 10 o'clock this week, so it's going to be the first time that Rampage and SmackDown does go head-to-head, even if it is for the first half hour. Let's see if that affects the audience for AEW. I assume it will. I'm sure AEW throw out CM Punk in the first matchup like they usually do, which they did for this episode of Rampage this past Friday, where we're going to talk about right now. AEW Rampage starts out with Mark Henry interviewing both CM Punk and 2.0. The first matchup of the night is CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia. That matchup was a really good matchup. One of CM Punk's best matches coming back since, well, since coming back, I meant to say. Real technical matchup. They really showed the working of CM Punk's leg. Daniel Garcia had a lot of good submissions on CM Punk's leg to the point that the psychology of the match was CM Punk cannot hit the GTS with his leg all messed up. So he had to... Go for the Anaconda device, which we haven't seen CM Punk do in a very long time. Especially way more than seven years, in fact. Really good pacing of the match. I enjoyed the fact that they were working over the body slam and made the body slam a simple move seem really important. I enjoyed this matchup. I know a lot of people are hating on the fact that CM Punk is being happy-go-lucky punk, love-fest punk. And he's not going against bigger guys. I say, look. CM Punk is going to be going against who CM Punk wants to go against. Everyone wants to see CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. Everybody wants to see CM Punk versus Cody and all these big matches, right? But CM Punk is still showing fatigue. He's still showing that he is not in 100% ring shape. So why would you put CM Punk out there with Omega knowing that CM Punk's going to get gassed and he's going to look bad, right? CM Punk is smartly wrestling these matches as preliminary matches so he could build up that callus to the bump. 
He could build up his tolerance. He could build up his cardio. And when he is back in 100% ring shape, then you put the match with him and Omega because then you're going to have a classic and not have Kenny Omega running circles around him. It makes sense to me. I know a lot of people. I know the Disco Infernos of the world are talking shit. They, they want CM Punk to wrestle all the top names of AEW, and they said he should have came in wrestling the top names. But look, if he's winded against Daniel Garcia, what the fuck you think is going to happen against him and Kenny Omega? Anyway, really good matchup. CM Punk wins the matchup. Next, Tony Schiavone's backstage. He interviews Matt Seidel, Leo Rush, and Dante Martin. Dante Martin seems to be buying what Leo Rush is selling, but Matt Seidel is very skeptical. He says that he doesn't believe Rush could do for Dante what he says he could do. Leo Rush says, how about I show you what I could do next week? How about we book Seidel versus CM Punk on Rampage? And Seidel's cool with it. And Leo Rush makes it happen. It will be CM Punk versus Matt Seidel next week. Now, no one could say that Matt Seidel is not a fucking star. So CM Punk is definitely starting to dip his toes in the deep end, if you know what I mean. Next, we got the Acclaim versus the Lucha Brothers in a very fun AEW Tag Team Championship matchup that the Lucha Brothers absolutely decimated the Acclaimed. The Lucha Brothers are firing on all cylinders right now, and I don't see them losing those tag team titles anytime soon. The Acclaimed put up a good fight for a little bit, but in the end, the Lucha Brothers retain. Fun matchup. We got a recap of last week's uh, ladder match, last week's... um, What's called Dynamite's uh, main event with Hangman Page making his return. I like this for the fact that we don't usually see a recap of Dynamite on Rampage. And I want to see more of this. Even if it's like a two-minute segment just showing the main event or the main angle done. Brings me back to the, uh, the old Sunday Night Heat days where they will have good matches. But they also would show a recap of Raw. Or even SmackDown showing the Raw rebound and the SmackDown rebound on Raw. Like that stuff really helps the show. Say I don't have time to watch Dynamite, but I'm home on a Friday night and I watch Rampage. Why? I think this makes sense. You watch Rampage, you say, "Oh wow, Hangman Page returned." I gotta check out. Ram- I gotta check out Dynamite next week. You DVR it or something, right? So it makes sense to just have that continuity between both shows. So really cool moment here. Jade Cargill versus Sky Blue. Pretty much a squash match. Sky Blue got destroyed. Jade Cargill makes quick work of Sky Blue. Afterwards, she continues the post-match beatdown. This leads to Thunder Rosa making the save. And in the main event, we got the Philly Street fight. Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. Ricky Starks retains his FTW title. Brian Cage loses. I'm a huge fan of both these guys, but I definitely think that Ricky Starks is going to be a huge, huge star in the coming months and years for AEW. Good episode of Rampage. Not the best episode, but I enjoyed it. And I also like the fact that they fit four matches on the show. Usually they go with the three-match format and structure, but I like that they did four. GCW this past week, they had the biggest match in GCW history. It was Jon Moxley defending his GCW championship against Nick fucking Gage, the god of this shit. What a violent, violent encounter it was. These guys went to hell and back. John Moxley hasn't had a death match like this in years. In years. And boy, did he deliver. Him and Gage just actually carved each other the fuck up. John Moxley's back after this looked like a bloody, bloody mess. But overall, GCW Fight Club was a really, really good show. It had the debut of Thunder Rosa. We had... 
really, really good matchup between Effie and Matt Cardona and one hell of a main event with John Moxley and Nick Gage with Mick Foley, the hardcore legend, on commentary. That was a really, really cool moment in itself. John Moxley is still your GCW champion, but the big news to come out of this weekend was that GCW will be running the Hammerstein Ballroom on January 23rd, 2022. The Hammerstein Ballroom is the place where ECW One Night Stand took place. A lot of Ring of Honor historic pay-per-views took place in the Hammerstein Ballroom. New Japan had a show at the Hammerstein Ballroom. What a legendary, legendary, legendary building that is. I love the Hammerstein Ballroom. And I I guarantee you that I will be there to see GCW's debut in the Hammerstein Ballroom. This is going to be the biggest, biggest crowd in GCW history. It's going to be the biggest venue that they ever run. And I hope it is successful. I hope it's a sellout because GCW right now is firing on all cylinders. I definitely would love to see it. Some matches that I think will happen at GCW. We, I think that we will probably have a rematch between Nick Gage and John Moxley at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I think that we will be getting the Second City crew, uh, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice, going against the Briscoe Brothers at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I think we will be getting Effie versus Matt Cardona in the Hammerstein Ballroom. I'm sure we'll see Fandango in the Hammerstein Ballroom, being that he was just announced to make his debut. Really cool stuff happening for GCW. So shouts to GCW, shouts to Brett Lauderdale and everybody doing a great job over at Game Changer Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a long time, but I promised you that this was the week that we were going to be bringing back the classic reviews. So, ladies and gentlemen... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Here is the fight for Monday night.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fight for Monday Night. We have been without the Fight for Monday Night for quite some time on this podcast, but something that made this podcast what it is today is the fact that not only do we talk about the modern day of professional wrestling, but we also talk about the classic shit that I loved as a child. And this is the biggest episode of the Fight for Monday Night to date, because this is not only the episode where WCW goes to two hours... But also the debut of Scott Hall in WCW, planting the seeds for NWO. And we'll also talk about how WWF Raw counters this. But first, we're going to be talking about WCW Nitro, May 27th, 1996, the first ever two-hour Nitro. We start out with the commentary team of Tony Schiavone and Larry Zbysko. And we have the opening matchup, a tag team matchup of the American Male, Scotty Riggs and Marcus Bagwell versus Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Ric Flair and Arn Anderson make quick work of the American Males, and it is announced that it will be Steve Mongo McMichaels and a former teammate of his versus Ric Flair and Arn Anderson at the Great American Bash. Next, we got The Mauler versus Steve Dahl, two jobbers in my opinion, but it was purposely a jobber match because this is the moment that everybody talked about on this show. This is the moment that overshadowed everything on this show. Scott Hall debuts through the crowd. He comes out. He cuts a historic promo, definitely seeming like he's still with the WWF. He says, Hey, yo, you people, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. He calls out the Nacho Man. He calls out the Huckster. He calls out Billionaire Ted. And he says that he has a scoop for Skeen Gene, and he says that tonight he's going to confront Eric Bischoff. He says if Eric Bischoff wants a war, a war is exactly what they're going to get. Huge, huge historic moment. This is the moment that starts off the revolution of the NWO. I'm excited. WCW definitely firing on all cylinders right now. Next, we got Greg Pittman versus DDP. DDP makes quick work of Greg Pittman. Then we got Bobby the Brain Heaton and Eric Bischoff coming out for Hour 2 on commentary. And we start off Hour 2 with a WCW Championship match between the Giant and the Shark. The Giant picks up a quick victory on the Shark and afterwards Big Bubba shaves the Shark's head. We next get a TV title match between Lex Luger and Max. Lex Luger wins and after the match he calls out every big man in the WCW on his path to go against the Giant. He wants the WCW World Heavyweight Champion and he will go through every big man in WCW to get to the Giant. Next we got a WCW Cruiserweight match. It is Bobby Walker versus Brad Armstrong. This was a really good match as well. A lot of action here. They announced that at the Great American Bash, Rey Mysterio Jr. finally will be making his debut to go against... Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight title. That is awesome. I'm starting to see the the uh, the buffet of WCW. That's what I wanted to say. The buffet of WCW where you got the Cruiserweights, you got the big men, you got the tag teams, and you got the technical wrestlers. Speaking of technical wrestlers, Steven Regal, he goes against Alex Wright, and he destroys Alex Wright. Steven Regal then gets on the mic and says that he's going to get his just due. He's going to get what he deserves. He wants a match with Sting next week. That should be a really good matchup. Steven Regal's climbing up the ranks in the WCW. Probably not for long, though. Next, the main event is Scott Steiner versus Sting. This is the best match on the show. 
Really good matchup. Lex Luger interferes, which leads to Rick Steiner interfering. This leads to a DQ. The match is thrown out, unfortunately. The locker room's empty. But while the locker rooms are empty, Scott Hall comes back out. He confronts Eric Bischoff. He says he got a big mouth and we are sick of it. Eric Bischoff was like, who's we? Who's we? He tells Eric Bischoff to tell billionaire Ted to get three of his best because we're taking over. And he once again says, if you want a war, you got one, Chico. Really, really awesome moment. Breaking the fourth wall. Definitely looks like this is WWF versus WCW. This is monumental, historic stuff. This is stuff that has never been done before. I am so excited to see where the show goes. Not the best matches on the show, but with the main event, the opening matchup, and the Scott Hall stuff, I give this show a strong 4 out of 5. I sat through it really easily. I enjoyed it. WCW, really good episode. WWF, Monday Night Raw, May 27th, 1996. Starts out with a qualifier match for the King of the Ring, ironically. Because right now, in the modern times, we also got the King of the Ring going on. But it is Gold Dust versus the Ultimate Warrior, which leads to a double counts out and both men being eliminated from the tournament. This was a good match. It got a lot of time, and Ultimate Warrior and Gold Dust had good chemistry, I think. Gold Dust looked like he could hold his own, but in the end, it doesn't even matter because neither man is going to be in the King of the Ring. Next, we got Ted DiBiase and Stone Cold Steve Austin having a promo backstage. Ted DiBiase is so confident that tomorrow at the pay-per-view, if Austin loses to Savio Vega, he will leave the WWE or F. WWF. Next, we got Sonny and the Smoking Guns versus the Body Donnas. The Smoking Guns pick up the victory. And in a second qualifier match for the King of the Ring, we have Vader versus Ahmed Johnson in the main event. This matchup was really good, but in the end, Big Van Vader picks up the victory in Ahmed Johnson. Amin Johnson needs medical attention after it, and he is brought backstage on a stretcher, and then we see Goldus appear, concerned for Amin Johnson, and he kisses Amin Johnson, saying that he's giving him CPR, mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Amin Johnson wakes up and freaks the fuck out. He wants Goldus's ass, and we go off the air with Amin Johnson on the hunts for Goldus. Good episode of Raw, but definitely felt... Like, it was a lot shorter than WCW. Definitely felt like it was a lot less monumental than WCW. So, WCW obviously takes this week in the Monday Night War. Really, really good stuff, though, from both shows. But right now, WCW cannot be touched with what they're presenting. Especially, you got a whole nother hour of WCW while WWE doesn't have that second hour. And WWE still looks like they're playing catch-up. They don't seem like they're going to be able to combat the WCW for quite some time because right now WCW has a lot of monumental shit going on where WWF is still playing cat and mouse between Amen Johnson and Goldust. But anyway, WCW wins this week of the Monday Night War. I hope everyone has a great day. I hope everyone checks out Monday Night Raw tonight. We're going to be talking all about it on Wednesday's episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Make sure you follow on Instagram. Make sure you follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Make sure you follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. A lot of cool shit is happening. I might be starting a Twitch. I might be starting a Discord. We might be starting a Patreon. There's a, a lot of great stuff is about to go down here for the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Everybody, I love you all so much. I'm going to catch you guys Wednesday. We'll be talking about Raw. We'll be talking about NXT. And we'll be talking about making an impact, going back in time, talking about TNA Impact. 
so you don't want to miss out. Check out Wednesday's show. We are going to be signing out, but the conversation continues on Instagram, so make sure you hit us up on the Instagram page. We love you guys. Take care. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 